0: World, I'm Rochelle Indra, a life coach here to teach you the shit they should have taught us in school but didn't. Our society has a vested interest in keeping you stuck and unhappy so that you will try to buy your way out of it. But that's where I come in. I'm here to teach you how to give them all the middle finger. Week by week, I'll share bite sized strategies on tackling overwhelm, onboarding good habits, creating boundaries, and actionable steps to rewire your brain to actually work for you instead of against you. This is a Soulfire production. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of The Shit They Should Have Taught You In School But Didn't. I am your host, Rochelle Indra. And today we're going to be talking about boundaries with others. In an earlier podcast, we talked about boundaries with ourself and how clients come to me all the time and want to talk about boundaries with others. And before we can talk about boundaries with others, we first have to talk about boundaries with ourself. How do we keep boundaries with ourself? What does that look like? Why can't we trust ourselves. Why can't we rely on ourselves to do what we say? Where was that in our childhood? Where did we learn that? All that kind of good stuff. So if that interests you, you're going to want to go back and listen to the old episode on how to have boundaries with yourself. And today, dun dun dun, we are going to be talking about how to have boundaries with others. And which is the thing that most people want to talk about, right? Like how do I make and maintain boundaries with others? And I get this with clients all the time talking to me about how, you know, I make a boundary and then the other person won't change and the other person won't do it. And I, and I make a firmer boundary, I make a stronger boundary, and the person just goes right over them, just ignores them, keeps doing this thing that they're doing. How do I get them to change and respect my boundary? So let's first talk about the definition of what a boundary is. And so I looked up the definition because as you guys know, if you've listened to my podcast before, I love true definitions. There's so much about language that changes over time. Definitions change over time. Uh, culturally, they change. What household you grew up in may change what you feel like the definition of a word is. Um, you know, what your background is, all that kind of good stuff. So I looked up the definition of boundary. And the traditional definition of boundary is a line that marks the limit of an area, which seems pretty basic, right? But it's that limit that says, this is over there, and this is over here. This is what I have. This is what you have. And that People will try to go past a boundary, right? Like I think of like swimming over a moat, right? People crawl over a fence, people tunnel under fences. People go around boundaries all the time, but a boundary is a, a markation of a separation. This is mine, that is yours. And then I looked up the definition of boundary in a relationship and there's lots of definitions. And one I found really interesting was this definition that says, um, boundaries help you define where one person ends and the other one begins. Boundaries will help you define what you are comfortable with and how you would like to be treated by others. I thought that was a very specific, uh, good way to look at boundaries because the, this idea of where you end and I begin, I think is really important because a lot of times we get into this sort of assumption that other people feel the way we feel or that other people live their life the way we live the life. Other people have these expectations that we have. For me, I am always one of those people that if I am not five minutes early, I'm late. And I feel very disrespected by other people being late. I grew up with a father that said, when you are late, you are disrespecting somebody else by disrespecting their time. You are saying to them that they do not matter to you, that their time does not matter to you. So I grew up with that feeling of, okay, you need to be on time. And my father was always on time. We used to get to the movies a half hour early, sometimes 45 minutes early, which is hilarious now because now you can choose seats and... Um, so my father and I always laugh at like how much time could be saved if we had just had that when we were younger. So this idea that the way I was raised makes me do a certain thing, but somebody else was not raised that way, that being late is not a big deal. I have so many friends like, oh, I'm just late all the time. I just, give me a different time of when I'm supposed to be there and just clock in the fact that I'm going to be late, right? Ha ha, it's funny. People joke about it. And I realized that it used to piss me off, and now I either have to accept that other people are different than me or make a boundary. That demarcation that says, look, this is my space, this is who I am, and I am different than who you are perfect example of this is that I am, for those of you who follow the Enneagram, I am an Enneagram 8, which is the challenger, which is somebody who feels like she's right about everything all the time. Just ask any one of my exes. They will tell you. I am very sure I'm right. Um, My assistant, Shauna, is laughing right now as she listens to this. She knows this very, very well. And so I'm somebody who can, and I have a big personality, as you guys know, I can be very much a bull in a china shop. I come in, I've got a lot of energy, I've got a lot of personality, I think I'm right about everything, and so I just come, kind of come crashing into people's lives, crashing into their workspace, crashing into their home, just doing my own thing, just assuming everything I'm doing is right. And I I come from a place of love, right? It's, I come from a place of being a good, loving person. I just forget sometimes that there is this demarcation between people and I just come in full force. And so I remember having this conversation with Shauna, um, my um, assistant who is an Enneagram two, um, which is the helper, which is somebody who really likes to make sure that the other person is happy. And so I said, there's a lot of great things about us working together, but one of the things that can be a struggle is that when you are a people pleaser, you can struggle with me because I just come in as a bull in a china shop and I can push past people's boundaries without even recognizing it, without being aware. Like, Like, I think that my best awareness that I have around this is to tell people, You need, and I do this in relationships, um, romantic relationships. I do this in uh, friendships when I have close friends. I do this with my family. I remind them, check in with me because I am somebody, especially in a work situation, I can be incredibly demanding, right? I work seven days a week. I am incredibly passionate about what I do. I am all in when I am in. I give 150%. And that doesn't mean that you have to as well. And you need to make boundaries with me around what is acceptable and unacceptable. I have no problem texting you at 6 a.m. on a Saturday if I'm working. If that is okay with you, then let me know. If it's not, you have to make boundaries." And I remember Shauna looking at me wide-eyed like, um, okay, okay. And she's done a great job, but it's something that I'm always watching with people. If I date a man who is more of an um, introverted or a passive man, I always check with them and say, hey am I crossing boundaries here? You need to let me know where that boundary is with us because I will respect your boundaries, but I need to know what they are. And oftentimes when I bring this up to people I'm close to of like, hey, you need to let me know where your boundaries are. I see them pause and sort of look up and to the right and think, oh, what are my boundaries? What are the things I'm okay with and not okay with? And I always rhyme them, ooh, with me, we'll find them real fucking fast. I promise you, I promise we will find real fast what your, your boundaries are with me. But a lot of people don't even know what their boundaries are. And we talked about that um, extensively in the other episode about really needing to sit down and say to yourself and figure out what are your boundaries in situations? What are your boundaries at work? are you willing to work overtime? Are you willing to cover for other people? Are you willing to work on the weekends? What are your boundaries with your family? Ooh, the biggest, best, most important boundaries that we set are the ones we set with our family. And we all need to set boundaries with our family. Um, in romantic relationships, another huge one, what are your boundaries in romantic relationships? Um, In friends, what are our boundaries there? I often, if clients struggle with boundaries, I remind them that I am a safe place to make boundaries with. So I had a client recently who said, Oh, I get really pissed off when people say this one thing to me. And I said, well, I don't know if you've noticed, I have said that to you before. She's like, no, I know, but I know that you come from a good place. And I was like, well, of course, but I'm sure a lot of these people come from a good place as well. So I'm a safe place to practice. And I want to give you guys that nugget too of where the safe places for you to practice your boundaries. Um, is it with a therapist? I practice my boundaries with my therapist. If the therapist says something or does something that I don't like or hurts my feelings, I practice there. Like I know it's a safe place and that she will respect my boundaries. And so that's a place that I practice, um, The stakes are lower. I know she's going to handle it well. This is what she does for a living, right? Same with me. My clients come and can practice all their boundaries with me of letting me know when I step on one of their boundaries or go past one of their boundaries um, or say something that hurts their feelings or whatever it might be or triggers them, right? Whatever it may be. So it's good to find the places where where you can practice. And obviously first making sure that you know what your boundaries are in situations because some of us, I think I'm probably one where I kind of am a gut person. As an Enneagram eight, I'm a uh, Enneagram is a personality um, system. If, for those of you who don't know what the Enneagram is, um, I highly recommend you look into it if you haven't. But that's a whole other um, a whole other thing. And if you are in the Rebel Sisterhood membership or you're planning on joining, we're going to do an entire month on it because I think it's so amazing. But just want to throw that little nugget in there for people who do, do know about the Enneagram. So I'm a gut person. So yes, I have boundaries around all the categories I brought up, but sometimes boundaries come up when I'm in the moment, right? I have to wait until something happens. I go, oof, that hit one of my boundaries. Oof, that hit something where that didn't feel good. And so for some of us, it comes up like that as well. So having things that you can say when something has come up against your boundary, um, I often, when you're not sure what to say, right, something hits your boundary and you don't have the right words for it. I hear that a lot with clients. Like I don't, in the moment, if somebody is hitting a boundary of mine, I don't know what to say. I, I don't know how to get it across. So I just say, okay, sure. Cause I don't want to be rude. Right? So we give into things we don't want to give into. We think we have to be a yes person. And so I often work with my clients around how can we pause? How can you pause in the moment? Uh, Whether that's something you just need to say, hmm, let me think on that for a second and give your time to think about it or say, you know what, let me get back to you on that. Let me look at my schedule or let me think more about that. Um, You know, give me some time on that. Let me look into that. And give yourself some breathing room to figure out what it is you want to say. There is nothing wrong with getting back to somebody on something. We don't always have to have the answer ready in each moment. So as we get into how to have boundaries with others, I'm going to tell you something that you don't like. Dun-da-da! Yay! You're welcome. Aren't you so glad you're listening to this podcast now? Just what you wanted somebody else in life to tell you something you didn't want to hear. But it's the truth. And you know, that's what I do. That's what you're here for. The truth. Which is that... You are never going to get to make a boundary with somebody else and let that boundary be or have that boundary be so rock solid that people won't cross it. Right as we talked about earlier, um the definition of a boundary is a line that marks the limit of an area. But as I said, people will jump it. People will cross it. People will tunnel under it. People will swim that moat. They just will. Because you will never, ever, ever be able to control what somebody else does. I'm going to say that again. You can never, ever, ever control what somebody else does. If you have ever had a two-year-old, this is something that you know very well. They're tiny. Doesn't it seem like you'd be able to control what they're doing? Like you can strong arm them. Please don't do that. But you could, right? You could. How is it that I can never seem to control what a two-year-old does? We don't really change that much. We just get taller. You don't get to control what they do. You will never be able to make a boundary that keeps everybody out or that everybody will respect so if you were on here hoping for, oh, I'm going to give you this one phrase, this one sentence that is going to make everybody respect your boundary, I'm not going to do that. Because every single boundary you make with somebody else is actually just a boundary you're making with yourself, which is why we started by talking about boundaries with yourself. That is why there was a first podcast first. You have to practice that before you practice your boundaries with others. Because what is really happening when you make a boundary with somebody else, you're making a boundary with yourself. Meaning you're saying to somebody else, if you do this, then I will do this. I am only interested in being in a relationship with somebody who treats me this way. So you have to be able to back up what you say. The boundary is that I am going to react a certain way. If you do this thing, I will only be in a relationship with somebody who speaks to me kindly when we argue. Which is a great boundary. I will not be in a relationship with somebody who yells at me, calls me names, or hits me. That boundary is not actually about them. That boundary is about you and what you will do if somebody crosses the boundary. Just like that moat, that moat is there to say, This is my area and I will protect it. Meaning, if you cross it, there are consequences. And the consequences are the things that I am going to do. I am not going to be in a relationship with somebody who treats me this way, which means you have to be willing to walk away if they do that thing. It's the same with boundaries we make with children, right? If you make a boundary with a kid and you don't keep it, you're not willing to back that up. No point in that boundary. It's not a real boundary it's a threat. It's an empty threat. It's not a boundary. The correct way to do it with children is say, hey, these are the boundaries. And if you cross these boundaries, there are consequences. That is what we do in society when people break the rules, right? There's a lot of things that are illegal. Does it stop people from doing? A lot of them who want to respect the boundaries and don't want the consequences of what's going to happen to them, but people still cross them. People break the law all the time and there are consequences. And we always, I mean, knock on wood, we follow through with the consequences as a society for the things that people do. It's the same thing with boundaries. So when you make a boundary, it's about what you are going to do. If this happens, this is what I'm going to do. And it's about You. You will never change how somebody else does something, ever. People are going to do whatever they're going to do, and they have a right to that. They have a right to whatever it is that they want to do in life. That is part of our freedoms. You have a right and a choice of whether or not to participate in that. Mom, I will not come home for Christmas if you are going to guilt me. Dad, I'm not coming home for your birthday if I cannot bring the man I live with. That is a choice that you get to make. These are my consequences. I, if you will not let me bring my partner home, I will not come home. That is a boundary. It is not about them. They don't have to change their mind. You need to change your mind. You need to, you need to allow this. No, they don't. You just make a consequence this is my boundary. And if that is not acceptable, then here's the consequence. I hope this is making sense. I wanted to give a couple of examples of ways to say things because I know that, sure, sure, it sounds all good to say it in our head. And by the way, I know that this is stressful to hear when you realize that boundaries are not about other people and they're not about changing other people. They really are just about what we are willing to do and not do. I know that can be hard. Believe me, I know that can be hard to hear because it makes us have to be responsible because I have been in romantic relationships where I needed, I needed them to change because I couldn't enforce my boundary. I couldn't get myself to make consequences or to stick with the consequences. We just kept yelling at them and being mad at them and needing them to change and doing empty threats that they need to change. They need to change. They need to change. Because I was incapable at following through because it's really hard to have boundaries and not have somebody respect them and know that then you need to take a step back from the relationship. That's very hard. I've been in some very serious relationships where I knew that what they were doing was unacceptable, but I wasn't ready to make consequences of, then I'm not going to be in this relationship. So I had to wait until I was ready to make true boundaries of how I'm going to be or what I'm going to do when you act this way or treat me this way. Um, As somebody who dates, I will say a game changer for me has been, instead of saying, you need to change this, or you need to stop this, or you can't do this, saying, when you do that, I'm just less interested in you. I am just less interested in being in this relationship. I am looking for a relationship where somebody does this thing. I'm looking to be in a relationship with somebody who has a full-time job, right? I'm not interested in being in a relationship with somebody who has children. It's a boundary for me. So I have to know that I'm going to stick with that boundary. It is not about them. It's not about their life choices. It's not about their parenting or anything. For me, this is my boundary. I am unwilling to be in a relationship with somebody who has kids. That's my boundary. So here's a couple other examples of ways you can say it. And when I bring up the, I'm less interested in, you know, being in a relationship with you when when you do these things, um, it's not asking them to change. It's simply saying, I'm less interested. And then if they're wanting me to be just as interested as I was before, they can make a decision to change that or not, right? I'm not asking. I thought you need to do this. You need to do it. It takes all the you need to out of it and just says where I am at. And that has just been absolutely a game changer because it puts the onus back on me. And most of the time that I have said that I'm less interested in you when you do this. I'm less interested in being in this relationship when this happens, because that's the truth, right? The truth is just, I don't want to be with somebody who does this. It's not you're wrong, you're bad for doing these things. It's I'm not looking for that. And most of the time, who they hop to it and they're like, okay, well, I want you to be interested. I want you to want this relationship. So I'm willing to do the work it takes to change it. Plus it's less attacking, right? I'm not interested in being in a relationship with a man that does this, this, and this is way less threatening than you can't do this. You need to change this. You need to stop this. You're doing it wrong. You're fucking up. You're going to lose me. You're, you're, you're. Right? And when people feel attacked, they shut down. If you were in conversation, this is a little side note, a little tangent we're going off of, but this is really important. When you make somebody defensive, you've already stopped the conversation. As soon as somebody feels defensive, they shut down. It's what we do. We just naturally shut down when we feel like, because we're like, it's sort of like, I'm not open to receiving. I'm not open to sharing when I'm getting my weapons, right? And when we feel attacked, we bring up the barriers, right? And and we load up our weapons. It's just human nature. So… Although that if you're like me and you come from a place of having so much anger, um, and using anger as a way to communicate, uh, growing up and, and early in relationships, I would immediately put the guy on defense. And now I look back and think, oh my God, this is why he would shut down. Even though I was using like my anger and my passion as a way to like connect and like get them to open up and tell me that they loved me or tell me that they were sorry, they shut down and wouldn't say anything. And then I would be so hurt and upset that they're not trying to get me back or trying to keep me or say the right things or the nice things, but they're completely shut down. And you know, when we're in those conversations or those arguments where we've actually lost the point of what we're talking about, because now everybody's talking about, but you just said this thing and that was hurtful. And why'd you say this? And this hurts my feelings. And that's not true. And right. Because now we're fighting about the tools we're using instead of what the actual problem was. And a lot of those problems start with, yeah, but you, yeah, but you need to, you should have, you have to. And this puts the onus back on me. I'm looking for a partner. I'm looking for this in a friendship. Another one I love is I'm less interested in spending time with you when. That can be with a coworker, that can work great for a friend, that can work great for a family member. I'm Less interested in coming home to see you when I feel shamed or attacked or whatever it is that is the bad feeling of going home. Defensive, when I feel ignored, I'm less interested in spending time with you. I'm not going to spend time with you. I'm not going to come home when this happens, right? A couple other ones that might be helpful for you is I only have people in my life who, right? I almost only have people in my life who treat me this way, who uplift me, who help me, who whatever it is. I will continue. Those are my favorite. I will continue this conversation when you calm down. So the boundary is I, it's not that you need to calm down. You need to do this. You need to do that. I, I'm not going to continue talking to you until you calm down. I had a a partner that used this one on me all the time when I was younger and, oh, it made me so mad because he was saying, hey, you can be upset, you can scream, you can yell, you can call me all sorts of names, but I am making a boundary that I will not talk to you. I will not participate in this until you calm down. And that was really hard for me at first, but man, did it help me calm down really quick because I wanted him to participate. I wanted him to continue talking about this. The other one that worked for me is I, I was a name caller, right? I would swear, not a bad name caller to say, I was a swear, like, like, fuck you, you're an asshole, you know, all these lovely, all these lovely terms. Um, why am I single? It's so confusing. <laughs> um, so I would, I would uh, swear. My partner, and I did have one really great partner who would say, I am not going to continue this conversation if you swear at me. And man, did that bring me down right away. Right? Because it was just this boundary of not, you need to change, you need to do this. It was, I am not going to continue talking to you if you're going to speak this way to me. And then later, he was like, I am not interested in being in a relationship with a woman that swears at me. I'm not interested in being in a relationship where we swear at each other, right? or we name call. That's not interesting to me. It's not what I'm looking for. Wow. Did that change how I communicated when he calmly told me, hmm, it's just not what I'm looking for. And I will not participate in that kind of relationship. It was so much more helpful for me to change when it came that way from a place of, of love and boundaries. Another one, I will not engage with you when you, right? So the big one there is I will not engage with you when you're yelling. I will not engage with you when you're swearing, right? And then the consequences, if you can calm down, if you can, and this is great for children too. By the way, we all need to make boundaries with our children. This is really good. Um, and then, as I said before, I'm not interested in dating someone who, or I am interested in dating somebody who, you know, blah, 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 Um, I am, yeah. And I said, as I'm less interested in dating some, in dating you when, or I'm less interested in being in a friendship with somebody who is late all the time or doesn't show up all the time. And like I said, I love the one, I am less interested in spending time with you when, and that can go for either way. So to recap, I'm so terribly sorry that, um, I didn't just have this magic pill for how to get people to respect your boundaries, because in the end, it's not about that. People will do whatever they are going to do. It's really the onus is on you. What are you going to do? What are your boundaries? And how are you going to make consequences for your boundaries? Because people won't change, but you always get to. So I know at first this can sound sort of daunting and upsetting and, oh God, it's all on me. And that's so hard. But the good news is it's all on you. So you're the one with the freedom to be in any relationship or not be in that relationship because you are the one that gets to change, that gets to set the boundaries, gets to set the consequences. And you are the one that gets to change that relationship. It's not on somebody else. You don't have to wait for somebody else. I've been in those relationships where I'm waiting for the other person to change and I feel incredibly helpless. I think we've all been there in relationships where we feel incredibly helpless because we're waiting for them to change. And you don't have to do that. You are the one that gets to change. And so I hope that you find the freedom in that. Love you guys. See you next week. So there you have it. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And follow me at Coach Rochelle Indra on TikTok and Instagram.